Last week we talked about that's my, uh, what did we talk about last week? That's my promise. That's what we talked about. It jumped out of my brain for a second. Today, I want to look at a sermon on this Palm Sunday called That's My Palm. That's my palm. And as I preach this today, I mentioned this when the kids were here. Everybody has a palm branch here. We're going to have Pentecostal practice. We're going to have Pente- you know, Pentecost. We like to move, right? And, and so every time I say the word palm or praise, I want you to wave your, your palm branches at me. And um, uh, if somebody's sleeping next to you, wave it in their face. Uh, but... Um, Won't you open your Bibles with me to John chapter 12? Amen. If you're visiting with us and go, what in the world just happened? We get excited when the word of God is read in this house. Amen. John chapter 12, beginning in verse number 12. Just going to read two verses of scripture, and I'm actually only going to preach on half a verse of scripture. Don't get excited. It's going to take some time. But... um. Verse 12 says this, reading from the New King James Version. The next day, a great multitude that had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you right now. We give you glory. We give you honor and we give you praise. And Lord, I ask that you would send your victory, that you would send your peace, that you would send your goodness and your mercy into this service. Lord, I pray that you would put an anointing in me to share your word the way you shared it in my heart. Lord, let it come alive in the ears of everyone who are here, everyone who watches on live stream. Lord, let your word penetrate our hearts and direct our steps. Lord, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated this morning. Amen. That's my palm. You see, man, we're going to have to turn the heat heat on all this fanning going on in here. Uh, when we talk about Palm Sunday, we, uh, I should have said say amen when I say it too, and that way I wouldn't just hear, but um, when we talk about this day where the crowds come together and they cut palm branches off the trees and, and they... They laid out coats on the road, and they watched Jesus as he paraded into Jerusalem. Giving honor and giving glory and giving praise, we celebrate, we celebrate the truth of the fact that for one moment, God allowed mankind to honor Christ the way he deserved to be honored. One week later, many people that were in this crowd would stand around and cry, crucify him. Many people would be calling for his blood, calling for him to be put on a cross. They would ask for a known felon, a known murderer and cheater and Barabbas to be released to them. But today, they wave their palm branches 
and they give honor and they give glory to the king of Israel and the king of kings. As I begin to think about that picture today, I've preached many sermons on Palm Sunday. I've talked about the trip. I, I preached a, I preached a, uh, I had a, a, a breakfast church at our last church in Ohio and, uh, I had, we, we ate breakfast while I was preaching or before I, just before I preached and I had nine or 10, 12 tables and, and I, I took each table and decorated them as a different part of Jesus's life. And I talked about all the different places that he had been along the road, getting to the place to be glorified. A few years ago, I think I may have preached this here, but I preached a sermon and call, called Ease On Down the Road. And, and I talked about how that he went on down the path, getting into where he knew was his destiny and that we need to walk the path that leads to our destiny. And somewhere in there, we're going to get some glory and we're going to get some honor, but we know that's not what we're destined for. We're destined for a sacrifice. We're destined for a price. But today and this month, as I began to look at this Easter season, God started it with an Easter Sunday sermon for next week entitled, That's My Cross. And, and, and from there, I began to think about, that's my scar that I'm going to preach Friday night. Began to think about, that's my tomb that I'm going to preach next Sunday night. And I said, well, what can I preach the week before? And it became so obvious, that's my palm. And I thought it wouldn't be appropriate to preach that's my palm unless I gave you a palm. I tell you what, your arm's going to be as tired as the cameraman today, amen. But, um, so I want to take just a few moments and I want to look at the last half of verse 13. The last half of verse 13 is the cry that they gave out. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. And I want to show, I want us to show, I want to show you the palm of Christmas. I want to show you what your palm really is. First thing that I see is the palm of praise. Ooh, that's a busy one. The first word that they say here is Hosanna. Hosanna simply means, it's an Arabic phrase. Now I find that interesting. It's an Arab, it's, it's not a Jewish phrase. It's an Arabic phrase. It's not a Hebrew phrase. It's an Arabic phrase. It is a phrase of the current time, of the current society. If this had happened today, we probably would not say Hosanna. We'd probably say, awesome! Cool! Lit! Too old to even know that one. Uh, you know, all of a sudden, we would be using different phrases. This Arabic phrase simply means glory and honor and praise. It is a term in the current vernacular of the day to say he deserves our glory. He, Y'all thought I was going to say praise, didn't you? Everybody's like, 
He deserves our glory. He deserves our honor, and he deserves our praise. Now, if we're going to lift up my my palm, if we're going to talk about my palm, it has to be a palm of praise. Y'all are going to be ready to go home today. It has to be based and, 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 and have a foundation in praise. Our problem is we don't have a foundation in praise anymore. Instead of having a foundation in praise today, now we have a foundation in wants. We have a foundation in what can you give me. We have a foundation in what is, what's in it for me. Nobody stood along the road. Nobody stood along the path as Jesus came in and cried, Oh, Jesus, what are you going to give me today? Now, they knew who he was. He was the one that was the healer. He was the one that had healed the leper. He had healed the blind. He had made the dead live again. He had, he had reached out just a, a, a chapter before. Lazarus had risen from the grave. It's fresh on people's minds. But did they stand out there and say, can you give me this? Can you give me a healing? Can you give me a victory? Can you give me honor? No, instead they said we've got to base what we're doing in praise. we got to start with a place that we glorify God. I'm telling you, before we can ever come in and have a healing service, before we can come in and have a time that God gives us, we've got to base our life in praise. We've got to base our life in giving God glory and giving God honor. We need to have some time where where we say awesome. We need to have some time where we say God's got this. We need to have some time where we believe that God can do the incredible, where God can do the unknowable, but he doesn't need to do it for me. We need to give him glory and honor and praise because he can do it, period. You know what's wrong with, I almost said the American church again. You know what's wrong with Souls Harbor? Because why, why should we say it's out there? Because it's in here. You know what's wrong with our church? We spend too much time asking and not enough time praising. We, we spend way too much time thinking that God needs us in the house of God. We think that God needs us to do this. God need, God couldn't make it without us. I got news for you, honey. God didn't need you when he formed the earth. He didn't need you when he died on a cross, and he don't need you today. But I know one thing for sure. You need him. You, need him. you can't make it another day without him. Some of us have tried, and it's not fun. So we've got to base, we've got to base our relationship with God with a palm of praise. We've got to start everything understanding that he is more important than us. Hosanna, 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 praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. But they had more than a palm of praise that day. They also had a palm of prestige. That's right. I, I leave church winded every week. Y'all might as well leave church winded once. They said, Hosanna. 
Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Mm. Mm -mm -mm -mm. I feel like going back to one of the churches I used to be in. I can't remember which one it was now. My, 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 my. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Had a lady come in church. That's what she'd say. Boy, I loved it when she was there. Let me tell you something. We need to give God prestige. We need to understand who he is. We need to understand where he came from. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Do you understand what that means? The Lord. See, we don't understand lordship in America. We we that, that's not a that's not a term that is that is part of our vernacular outside of church. But the term Lord doesn't come from church. The term Lord comes from the societies and in the old lands. When I got a chance to go to Scotland a couple of years ago, we had a chance to go to a castle. That was cool. That was pretty awesome. And when we pulled up to the castle, uh, Brother Tanner, Dennis Tanner, the missionary there, said, oh, that's exciting. And we're going, what? And he goes, the flag is flying. Cool. What does that mean? He said, when the flag is flying over the castle, the Lord of the manor is in the building. I said, what do you mean? He says, it means that the man who owns the castle is in the castle today. He said, many times you'll come visit the castle. It's, it's the only private castle that's still open to tourists. It's op still private and open to tourists. And he said, many times you'll come here and the owner isn't here. He said, but there's a good chance that somewhere today we're going to run into the man who owns the castle whose family has owned the castle for hundreds of years. And we'll get to talk to him and, and, and meet him because the Lord of the manor is here. And as he began to use that term, I thought, that's what Lord means. The owner of the house. The owner of the location. They would, they would build their castle and they would have their village that would sit underneath their castle. They were still the lord of the manor and the lord of the land. They owned the land. Their city built up below it. Somewhere down the road, another lord of another manor went out to the edge of his property and he built a tower to show the expanse of his lordship. And so now when you would go there, you could see on general rule, if you saw a castle somewhere, you would see four towers, not just around the castle, but around the land so that the Lord of the land could show how big his Lordship was. Now, when somebody come into town, if they came they may not be the lord of the manor or the lord of the town, but if they came in wearing, carrying the insignia of, under the direction of the lord of the manor, 
it would be said of them, here he comes in the name of the Lord. What he does, he does because of the Lord, the master, the one who rules. Now, in this passage, it says, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I want to make sure I'm right here. If you'll look in your Bible, most of your Bibles will not just have the name Lord capitalized, but rather they will have the whole word capitalized. I know my Bible does. Most Bibles do. You know why? Because that, that differentiated between the Lord of a castle and the Lord of the earth. You haven't got it. They, 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 they didn't get up and give the prestige of here comes somebody who knows somebody that's important. Here, it wasn't just that blessed is he who comes in the name of a little L-O-R-D. It wasn't even blessed is he who comes in the name of a capital L, little O-R-D. But blessed is he who comes in a capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Because that Lord, that Lord isn't the Lord of a plot of land. He's not the Lord of a building. He's not the Lord of a heart. He's not the Lord of a city. But he's the Lord of all creation. What they did is they understood that Jesus came not under the uh, the direction, not as the son of Joseph who he was known as on the earth, not as the son of Mary, not as a great teacher. Oh. Let me say that again. They understood he didn't come as a great teacher. There are people out there right now trying to tell us that Jesus was a great teacher. I got news for him. Diane Pittman's a great teacher. But the but Jesus Christ wasn't a great teacher. De- Jesus Christ was the Son coming in the name of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He was the Messiah. His prestige goes beyond what we can understand. His seat goes higher than we can and we then we can handle he deserves our praise well make sure you didn't go to sleep when he came in he didn't come in riding on a white stallion he come in riding on a donkey riding on a colt he walked in There was no political fanfare. But all of a sudden, something urged in the hearts and in the lives of the people. And they understood the prestige of who was there. So what did they do? They took off their jackets and carpeted the road. I think I preached about this last year or year before last. They carpeted the road and the the donkey walked, not on the dirt, but on the coach. You You know what that symbolized? That symbolized the fact that Jesus didn't deserve to get the kick up of dust on his feet. 
the dust of this earth, the dust of this land, because he was royalty. He should, he should be ushered in on a carpet that kept his feet clean, because even riding on a horse, riding on a donkey, his feet would have been dangling to the side, and instead of his feet getting dirty from the mud and the dirt and the sewage and the filth of this life churning up under him, they said, we've got to make a way that he can come into this city clean. What they didn't understand is by putting him in a place of prestige, saying we got to keep his feet clean, they were actually preparing for the clean sacrifice that would make a way for their life. They were actually preparing that the sacrifice that would be given for them would be a sacrifice of purity. They put him in a place of prestige, not because he said he wanted it, not because he said he needed it, but because God said, you need to understand who this man is. I've come by this house today to say, do you know who it is that we worship and that we praise every week? Oh, pastor, we know who he is. That's why you sit there like statues during worship and praise. Oh, we know who God is. That's why you got to be out of church so you can get to the restaurant. That's why we get occupied in church sending text messages. That's the modern version of passing notes. My day, we used to pass notes. Now you just send text messages. That's why we don't read our Bible at home because we're too busy watching the television set. That's why we don't spend time in prayer because we're too busy, you know, doing other things that we enjoy doing. I got news for you. I enjoy watching TV. I enjoy doing other things. I enjoy things I do. But I'm going to tell you, I've got to understand that there is a prestige that belongs to God that tells me he comes in the name of the Lord and I need to honor him and I need to, I need to serve him and I need to sacrifice whatever I've got to sacrifice to get to a place that I can praise him with my heart with my soul I've had the palm of praise I love that I don't even have to look I can hear them I've had the palm of prestige but then there was one more palm that changed everything and that is the palm of proclamation You can have a palm of praise. You can have a palm of prestige. But until you have a palm of proclamation, you haven't challenged anybody. Listen to what he says here. They cried, Hosanna! Praise him! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He's prestigious. But then there's one more line, and I love the way it's written in the New King James. The king of Israel. Uh Uh-oh. See, y'all don't understand that. Or you would be either scared or shouting, one of the two. Because while they were coming into Jerusalem, Israel wasn't free. 
they were under the captivity of the Romans. The Roman Empire controlled everything they did. The Roman Empire provided judges and kings and leadership. It all fell under Caesar. Throughout the next week, they would bring Jesus to Pontius Pilate, the ruler of Rome, set out to rule Jerusalem. What they would charge Jesus with predominantly, because there was no fault found in him, is they would charge him with slanderous statements and slanderous actions towards Caesar. They would say that he was trying to be a rebel, that he was trying to unseat Caesar. And part of it comes from this palm of proclamation. As he came in and they praised him, and they lifted him up in high honor and prestige, then all of a sudden they went one step further. In a land that was not allowed to have a king because it was a land that was conquered, they stood with a loud voice and they made a proclamation. He is the king of Israel. Anybody ever proclaim something over you that you're like, oh, oh don't, don't say that. Somebody will get mad at me. I, I, I've been places where people have, you know, misunderstood my, my, my offices and my titles, and I serve as the district overseer for, for the Kansas City District for the Church of God. And I, I was someplace, and somebody said, He's the overseer in Missouri. I said, oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I'm just over the Kansas City area under the overseer to Missouri. He, he's my bishop. Hey, don't, don't let that get back to Brother Powell that I thought I was the overseer of Missouri. I might be the overseer of the bathrooms at the campground. I don't know. I, but, you know, I, I've been there. You know what? I don't see a place in the Bible where Jesus said, Shh. Don't tell him that. Because he understood. He was the king of Israel. Sitting on his father David's throne. But it wasn't about the political nature of the day. It was about the, the spiritual nature of eternity. Why don't you hear me here? Until we understand who the king is and proclaim who the king is, we're just going through the motions. We can say praise you. We can say you're important. But until we say he's the king. Pastor, I know he's the king. Well, then act like it. In case you didn't hear me, I said if you know he's the king, act like it. Because when the king walks in the house, see, again, we don't understand this idea of king in America. We, 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 we don't have a king. We have a president. And, and, and that is the worst office in the world. Because it doesn't matter who you are. Half the people think you're the Messiah and half the people think you're the Antichrist. 
I've heard that about about every president I've known since I've been alive. I would never want to be president of the United States. I like people to like me. I really do like that. I know sometimes I don't act that way, but I do like it when people like me. But in these days, there was a king. Now, let's talk about king for a second. I'm doing good on time, so I can, I, can, I can embellish just a little bit. If you go all the way back to the book of 1 Samuel, the children of Israel begin to cry out for a king. We want a king. We want to be different just like everybody else. It's a cry of humanity. Every one of us that are parents, our kids have went through that phase. I just want to be myself just like my friend. I got news for you. Samuel gets up and says, do you understand what you're asking for? When you have a king, he will tax and take your land. He will choose the best daughters that you have and take them as his wives. He will tax and take away your vineyards and your olive presses. He will be in charge. And if the king comes up and says, give me that palm, you have to take, you have to give up your palm. She doesn't have a palm to shake now. You see, the king has power. If the king says, The king says, how dare you wear a tie in my presence? <laughs> Off with his head. Hanging him up by his necktie. Guess what happens? He dies and nobody else wears a tie to church anymore. <laughs> now, I, I'm, uh-oh, I see another tie back there. I was hidden. But. I would never take his tie away. Never. But but what happens is we begin to understand that the king can do whatever he wants to do. Nobody can tell the king no. Nobody. Mm. Well, that's the way it is. With, no, it's not. It's not that way with the president. The president does something we don't like. There are avenues. We can vote him out of office. His, his, own, his own cabinet can vote him out of office. The, Cong- the Senate and Congress can vote him out of office. There are th- they keep trying anyway. There, there are things there are things that can be done, but a king, his word is final. His word is the authority. If he says die, you die. If he says you're supposed to die, but you can live, you get to live. He has the authority. Now let's come back to Palm Sunday. They've waved their palm of praise. They waved their palm of prestige. But then they went to the next level. It's one thing to say somebody's important. It's another thing to say he's the king. Because once he becomes king, his word becomes final. 
Once he becomes king in my life, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives through me. Once he becomes king in my heart, it's no longer my decision. I'm sick and tired of churches and church people. I just don't like it that way. I think it needs to be the way I like it. Guess what? You ain't the king. He is. Come on now. I'm going to tell you. Everybody knows I've got a style of music I like. We, We don't do worship in the style of music I like. I don't know anybody does worship in the style of music I like. My my worship would be eighties rock and roll worship. It have it have guitars and drums and I wouldn't even mind some lights and so, oh man I like that stuff. I like that stuff. Some of you going I don't want to go to attention God that kind of. Let me tell you something. I don't care if it's guitars and drums and lights, if it's praising God, or if it's hymns. Out of the red back hymn, no, if it's praising God. Or if it's some of that awesome bluegrass music Brother Mark plays. I didn't know I liked bluegrass until I got here. Started hearing bluegrass going, whoa, man, that's that's pretty cool. Don't tell anybody. Still a rock and roller at heart. That's Southern Gospel. Y'all wouldn't believe that I once tried out to be in a Southern Gospel quartet, would you? Like she's laughing like <laughs> him in a southern gospel group. That would have been funny. I was going to go on the road singing southern gospel. And they said they would have took me too if they were looking for a lead or a baritone, but they were looking for a high tenor. <laughs> that ain't me. I don't care what kind of music it is if it's glorifying the king. You see, I learned a long time ago, it doesn't matter to me what your style is. That's us. A style preference is us. What matters is that we're glorifying the king. Because he's in charge. I don't care if we come into a church and it's 7,000 degrees in the building like it is here sometimes. Not too bad today, but I'm hot. I don't care if you come into a church and it's 42 below zero. If we're praising the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, he's the king. I don't care. I don't care if we're sitting on padded pews, padded chairs, wooden benches, or on the floor. The king's the king. When we quit saying what we want and what we, mm, we have made church a consumer good. We walk into churches and we go, I don't like the color of the walls. They got green carpet. In case you don't understand, Sister Wanda, when they built this building, she, she told the pastor at the time, just don't put green carpet in the sanctuary or I ain't coming. I found it hilarious that his office had green carpet in it. I just find that funny. That sounds like something I would have done. But we have all these things. We've made church a consumer product. We walk into church and we go, oh, I like the music. It's easy to clap to and I can dance to it. 
No American bandstand people here anyway. Um, we, we, you know, we come in and, and we like the preaching or we don't like the preaching. And, well, if I don't like that church, I can go down to Life Point or I can go to Turning Point or I can go to Calvary. I, every one of those are good churches. I told you for a number of years when, when, when John Rice was here, I loved John Rice. I used to get up and say, man, if I was in this town, I'd be tempted to go over and hear John Rice preach once in a while. I just loved to hear him talk. He was great. And, and, and I, 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 you know, I look around and we start making it consumer driven. But when we understand it's the king, then we start understanding that it doesn't care what I like. I got to be glorifying the king. See, some of you understand what it's like for God to place you in a place. For God to lead you to a place. Some of us have been places. I'm not talking about here, but I know you've been here too. Some of you have been places where you've been playing in a place you didn't want to be. I don't like anything about this place. That's where God put me. You got to hold on. Let me tell you something. When we make a palm of proclamation, and we say he is the king. He becomes the king. His word becomes final. He becomes the final choice. You see, on this Palm Sunday, in this little statement, they started with a palm of praise. and said, oh, he's worthy. Then they moved to a palm of proclamation. And said, he's important. And then they finished with a palm. Oh, I, I said proclamation before I meant prestige. They moved to a palm of proclamation. Which said, he's not just worthy. He's not just important. He's in charge. Where are you at in your life? Is God worthy in your life? That's great. Have you come to a place that you understand he's important in your life? That's fantastic. But if we got to the place that he's in charge in your life, every decision, every thought, every step, he's in charge. This morning, I want to close this service with prayer. You know, if God's in charge, he's in charge of everything you've got. Almost a year ago, I sold a car to Dwayne. When I sold that car to Dwayne, he walked around it, looked at it. He saw the dent in the front fender. Anthony hit a car. Anthony thought having the little tow bar thing sticking out the front looked cool till it hit the car, and now it won't close. I was looking at the car the other day, and I noticed there's still decals on the car that he doesn't even know why they're there. They're just there. But when he bought the car, the dent in the fender was no longer my problem. Those decals on that car, they're not my problem anymore. If 
the car needs new tires. It's not my problem. I'll tell you what I did when he bought my car. I love that. I drove it for a couple months before I sold it to him. The day I was bringing it back to the house, he was going to take it home. I stopped on the road next to my house. I revved the engine up, popped the clutch, and burnt the tires all the way up the road. Just because just that car would do it. It'd do a great burnout. He comes running out and goes, those are my tires. I said, not till I get to the driveway. <laughs> but once he bought the car, once it became his car, you know what? He's in charge. If he wanted to take the decals off that were important to Anthony, he can take the decals off. If there was something wrong with the car, he can't come back to me. He has to fix it. He's in charge. Boy, too bad Jay ain't here to hear that, is he? He's in charge. He's the boss of the car. Yeah. <laughs> He's the king of the car. King of the little red car. Let me tell you something. Pastor, what are you talking about that for? Because some of you have brought, carried some needs in today. Physical needs, spiritual needs, emotional needs, financial needs, relational needs. And you've been carrying them from before God became king. And he's saying, don't you understand? You've already proclaimed that I'm your king. I'm in charge. It's not yours to fix anymore. That's a, that's a bear for me. You ask anybody that's in any kind of leadership in this church. Yeah. I'm horrible about, oh, now did you do this? Did you, is this taken care of? I, I need to make sure this is covered. Why? Because, oh, I just got to. You know what? God, I don't have to cover the things in my life anymore. You do. You are the king. All I got to do is give them to the king. If you're here today and you've got a need, physical, spiritual, emotional, financial, relational, and you need to give that need to God, he's the king of your life. I'm going to pray a prayer, and I want to ask you to come. Let me anoint you with oil. Or if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I understand that he's worthy. I understand that he's important. But I haven't made him king yet. I haven't made him in charge yet. You need to come and let me pray with you. And let me, let me let God become the king of your life. If either one of those fit into your life and you need prayer, I want to ask you to come as I pray this prayer right now. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you and I praise you for your power, for your anointing, for your peace. And Lord, I ask that you would reach down right now and send the answers that we're looking for. Lord, you are the king. You're in charge. And, Lord Jesus, we, we surrender to you. Lord, we look to you for the answer and for the hope. In Jesus' name, will you come?